Welcome to the Razan Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 32. This is an interview special in which Sam meets worship leader and songwriter Rachel Wilhelm. Okay, so it's great to be here with Rachel Wilhelm. Rachel, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, we are both on this thing called Liturgy Fellowship together. That's where I heard of you, this kind of Facebook forum. And I saw you were talking about, um, so a while ago now, you said, I'm thinking of recording my lament song, should I do it? And I think a bunch of people piled on and went, yeah, you should do it. <laughs> uh, and now it seems like you've done it. So um, yeah, just, um, I guess the first thing I'd, I would just tell us, you know, well, tell us about yourself. You know, where, where are you from? What do you, what do you do? Um, well, I'm a worship leader, um, and I currently live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, mm -hmm. And before that, I was in the D.C. area um, for about 10 years, and I was uh, leading worship at a liturgical Anglican church. Um, huh? And once I moved here to Minneapolis, I, um, I helped co-found a... Um, music worship collective um, called Roots Worship Collective, um, uh -huh. Minneapolis chapter with um, my colleague and friend, um, Devin Pogue, who is the worship pastor at City Church in South Minneapolis. And mm -hmm. um, we also met through Liturgy Fellowship and um, met before we both mm -hmm. moved um, to Minneapolis near the same time. And right. um, he wasn't sure if he was gonna get the job um, in Minneapolis, he was in Chicago at the time, and I was in D.C., and uh, we were kind of talking online, and he said, hey, if we both end up moving to Minneapolis, would you want to co-found this um, collective with me? And I said, cool. sure, you know. Um, <laughs> and so um, I had been doing some hymn sings um, in the D.C. area, um, and they were uh, well attended, and it was a really cool um, way to bring people together within the body of Christ to promote church mm. unity. Yeah. Um, and so my friend Devin saw that and said, hey, you know, I think that's a really great thing. I think we should do that in Minneapolis together. And so um, that's something that we're doing currently. Um, and uh, I, it's it's been pretty successful. And so how did you go from all of that to, I guess, writing your own stuff and particularly writing laments? Well, actually, I've been kind of a closet lament writer for a long time. Um, <laughs> since I was probably a little girl, um, I wow. was always attracted to uh, the really sad portions of the Bible. Um, mm -hmm. And when reading scripture, I thought, well, I didn't realize any of this was in here, you know, reading it for yeah, the first yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, just the, the melancholy... Um, portions really touched me, um, resonated with me. Um, and I just thought they were beautiful and mm. I wanted to write tunes to them that were appropriate. Um, I, I'm sort of married to minor keys. Um, and I always thought there was something wrong with me because of that. I really did. <laughs> um, and I remember a couple of times, um, when I had the guts to share, um, I had some people say, what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> why are you so sad? Um, wow. I, I was always told, 
you know, Good Friday is really your service. Wow. That's, you know, and I thought, wow. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so um, I, I do Good Friday really well. Um, so I've had a lot of practice. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of backhanded compliment. Take it as a full compliment. That's what I would do. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And just maybe we maybe we should just back up for a moment in case this is completely new to people listening. Sure. Or or in case they've got I mean, I, I, I guess my issue with lament was that I had this picture in my mind of people like wailing or. <laughs> tearing their clothes or like this really kind of extreme of like i don't know what i imagine a funeral is like in a right you know a, a culture that is completely like you know in, in touch with their emotions and you know we brits we don't do that kind of extreme very well um and and actually the more i started to look into the bible i kind of realized that it didn't have to be like that so how would you define lament Hmm. Um, well, honestly, I would define lament as coming to the Lord and expressing sorrow and being completely open and honest with God. Yeah. Um, and lament comes with an expectation. Um, lament is not despairing. Um, mm. Lament has hope at the back of it. Um, maybe yeah. is hope as the backdrop. Um, mm. Lament is um, a person coming to the Lord wanting justice or wanting God to be present. The, again, the backdrop of that would be we know that God is present, but this is lament is the place where doubt is welcome. Um, mm. And all of those sort of negative things that we we think of um doubt and fear and um and anguish and all of that um it's it's welcome and and god god will show up um mm. he is there but he will show up in a new way where um we will know that he is the answer and I, i'm really interested to know the kind of some of your process of writing these i know that um i teach i used to be on the faculty at london school of theology and i um in the worship department we had this little joke that um the right answer was always lament like it felt like whenever you talked about anything in class you'd always get around to oh but why don't we lament and lots of people did their projects on lament in worship and it you know it's it's a it's quite an easy critique i think of contemporary worship or modern worship but my reflection was that actually very few people managed to um practically do it to to lead uh corporate lament in a way that wasn't either kind of running quite quickly into oh but it's all okay because you're here and triumphalism or on the other side just went down into like woe is us, woe is us, woe is us, amen, kind of thing. And never really, um, it kind of went on the other, the other ditch on the other side. So how, how has it been writing these songs and how, what's your process? Um, that's a good question. I, <laughs> I think sometimes I just don't trust myself and, um, and the, 
the best rule of thumb for me has to been has been to uh, use scripture. Um, yeah. Scripture is is the best model for us, um, and what better way to lament with God's own words, you know, um, yeah, yeah. and or the prophet's own words, um, and with liturgy, with like a liturgical context, uh, I. I've learned, like through the Anglican Church and whatnot, um, to apply my heart to words that are already mm-hmm. there, um, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. kind of a practice like that, where you know you you look at lament passages in the Bible and um, and you go, oh, you know, I can apply my heart to that. I can I can relate to that portion. Do you feel like playing one of your songs? Sure, I totally could. Yeah be great to hear one (laughs) um this this song um psalm 13 is pretty special to me i uh i wrote it last year um and um i wrote the chorus to kind of uh allow the maybe the congregant to uh, meditate on their own struggles um i wanted the chorus to be sort of repetitive and, um, and uh, very easy to follow so that, um, so that they had the freedom to think about their own struggles and apply. Sort of like that liturgy mm-hmm. thing I was telling you about, um, yeah, applying yeah. your heart to a prayer that uh, someone else wrote. Um, but uh, a- another thing about this uh, song that's really special to me is that um, a couple times a year I lead um, music. I bring a team into um, a prison here in Minnesota, mm. and um, I was asked to to sing it and um, to uh, lead the men. Uh, it's about two hundred men that come in um, for a worship night, um, and some are following this intense prison fellowship program, and some are not. Um, and I, I've, I've led them through this song a couple of times and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing to see just the response. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, how long, oh Lord, will you for, forget me forever? You know, imagine yeah, singing yeah, that yeah, when yeah. you're in prison. Um, yeah. so, I mean, it's, there's, it has a lot of impact. So, um, mm-hmm. here.
so much that's awesome great voice you've got as well um what a great story i love the story of going into the into the prisons and 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 that getting a reaction and i I do wonder whether sometimes where the very groups that we're struggling to reach in the church might be some of the groups that actually would respond well you know you mentioned prisoners but i also think of you know, in the UK, I don't know about what it's like in the US, but we have um, this issue with teenagers going off to university. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they've maybe been part of the youth group, but then they kind of reach all these questions and there's a big life change and they realise, you know, there's other ways of viewing the world and there's things wrong with the world and they don't have any way to process that because church worship doesn't allow them to say, where are you, Lord? What mm-hmm. is going on? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> I just I'm curious, you know, knowing that you you teach right, um, mm. and you're exposed to, um, sort of like the more, I guess the educated, theological stuff. Um, what? Why do you think lament is a big deal? right now I think because it's not there because you it's so hard to find it and I think the the church is getting more and more professionalized and slick um and I read this stuff about it being almost a sense of control like when when kids are young 
they go along with what the church says and what the their peers say and then when they get older they they start to rebel and have you know want to have their own faith and i i was reading some stuff about that that really well um mapping onto Brueggemann's you know his stuff about orientation disorientation reorientation and that sort of orientation psalm is pretty much what we sing all the time right that kind of yeah the world's great and god made it and everything's going to be good yeah and then there's all these disorientation psalms which really well map onto you know becoming an adult and you've got to go through that to get to reorientation which is this owned faith of you know this is this is me and this is my and the stuff I was reading was basically saying maybe we keep people in the first stage because we can we can kind of control them. We can kind of, oh, isn't everything brilliant? There's no fuzzy edges to that. So I think people, they're just a bit sick of that, really. Yeah. Um, That's really great. I think you're probably right. You know, I, I grew up with it's that. It's a bit scary. It is scary. But it's scary, I think it's scary to, you know, the sleek church, as you say, um, who wants the control um, and uh, wants the control of the emotion, don't want things to be out of hand or anything. And, um, and they don't know where to, where to go with lament, like mm. where to go mm. with, what is it gonna do? <laughs> if yeah, if yeah, people yeah, start yeah. complaining and and all of that, what what is it gonna do? Um, what kind of worms are we gonna open up? Yeah, what is it gonna open yeah. up? Um, and something that I have noticed about it is like lament is sort of like ripping off. Uh, it's, this sounds so trite and whatever, but it's sort of it's like ripping off the bandaid and allowing finally the the wound to become a real scab yeah 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 well you know songwriting's been that way for me it's it's been a form of lament um just songwriting Mm. itself i um in uh 2010 my uh sister died of anorexia and i uh i had a really oh man i just had a really rough time of it just trying to understand why and you know what's going on really i just felt uh, you know when you're going through grief you you're crying at the drop of a hat or you're 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 fine one moment and then you're you find yourself you know freaking out or crying the next moment and you just don't feel like you have a a handle on yourself yeah so when you're in the middle of grief you you sort of realize that you have to allow your body to do what it's going to do you yeah. know, and go through this process um, and uh, because you, you basically have no control of it. Um, and um, and so what happened with me was I, I just would sit down to kind of um, process um, and I would write a song um, and uh, it really helped me. I wrote some laments. I wrote... Uh, I wrote a song that basically lamented the death of my sister. Um, and man, it, God showed up, you know? Um, and if I, if I use the giftings that I have, um, to, and sort of channel it 
into my grief. Um, yeah. You know, God's created us to create these things and to use it um, f- for him, but also for our own um, healing. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and I really saw God show up during that time in my life um, and, um, and give me a lot of answers that I did not expect. Um, mm. And uh, so I, I just totally believe that um, when, we, when we commit to um, coming to the Lord with, with our struggles and, um, and our pain, um, and ask him why, and even bring our doubts mm. to the table. Um, you know, he's, he will be faithful. He's not going to just leave us abandoned there. Um, it, he will be faithful and, and give us the answer. I wanted to mention that, uh, I don't know if you noticed, um, some of the lyrics that I, that I gave you, um, for the mm. album, I have, <clears throat> I have a portion, a little section of Habakkuk songs, um, mm. and, um, that, those kind of happened, um, a couple years ago when I was a part of a, I still am a part of this Bible study group, but, um, the study was particularly on Habakkuk and, yeah. um, and the Bible study leader, she writes her own curriculum. She's really amazing. Uh, she was encouraging us within this curriculum to be creative with the passages cool. that we read um, being creative as in write a poem, write a song, you know, um, draw something, paint something, whatever you want to do. What, you know, what is your response to this text? Um, Habakkuk's pretty, um, grim. Um, and, uh, if you read, it's pretty short, it's a short book of the Bible, but it's also incredibly grim. Um, and it seems hopeless at the end, but, uh, I think she was trying to get us to really, uh, kind of, uh, you know, identify with, uh, with what we were reading and studying. Um, so she had this little section of, she called it mini Habakkuk. Um, and (laughs) she had these little, um, portions of, of the scripture that summed up the book of Habakkuk. Um, Mm -hmm. and there were four installments and, uh, her challenge to us, um, was to memorize these portions of scripture and I'm horrible with memorization. Um, and uh, I realized that the way that I would memorize it and, and kind of step up to that challenge would be to, uh, to write a tune. Mm-hmm. And then I'd remember it. Um, so cool. that's what I did. I sat down. Um, I was too lazy to go downstairs and get my guitar. So I grabbed my daughter's ukulele and... Um, <laughs> I sat down with this baritone ukulele and started writing, um, writing these tunes to this mini Habakkuk. And um, what's on the the record is uh, is is what I wrote. So yeah, there's um, like four or five of those. Is there that right? are four. Yeah, there are four. So yeah. there's um, there's one called Habakkuk's Call, which is Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not yeah. hear. Um, and then the second is called the Accusation, and um, it's it's pretty much an accusation. It's you who are of purer eyes than to see evil um, and cannot look at wrong. Why do you, um, why do you, what is, what I'm is reading it? it here. Look idly at traitors. That's right. 
idly look for traitors. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Clearly I can sing it. it. really helps you it. remember it. Yeah, I'm like, if I sing it, there are two different parts of your brain, you know, singing it and the actually saying it out loud. But, um, but yeah, why do you idly yeah. look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallow up the man um, who is more righteous than he? Um, you know, those are fighting words. Uh, mm. You know, um, just going straight up to the Lord and saying, why? What the heck? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next one is the woes, which is uh, the Lord saying to Habakkuk, woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake. And he's talking about idolatry and um, even how his people have, have um, fallen into idolatry. And uh, it's, it's uh, I would like to call it a lament of God. Um, talking about his, you know, confessing and, and, and saying to his prophet, look, look at what my people have done. Um, and then the ending one is, uh, I will take joy. Um, and it's that famous passage, um, though the fig tree should not blossom, um, I will take joy for he is my strength. Um, so yeah, it's a, that was a challenge for me to write. Um, because it's joyful, so yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have major chords in it, does it? It's a great little journey, though, isn't it? You know, the, you've you've got the accusation in there, but then you've also got you know the joy at the end. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what it's all about. I think um, we we need to remember that lament is not despair. Um, mm. Despair is where you have no hope, but lament is sorrow. Um, with the backdrop of joy. Um, there's joy, I guess they would say, at the end of the tether, you know. Um, okay. And, um, and we, know, we know our outcome. We know what's going to happen. We know there's the resurrection. We know on this side of the cross that the Lord is king. Um, yeah. But um, we also live in a fallen world where we, um, we are faced every day with um, horrible things and life stinks. <laughs> Honestly, life, <laughs> life is not yeah. easy. Life is not easy. Um, and, and we need to be able to express that and be real about it. Um, and say that it's okay, um, to, to talk about this and to, and to, um, and confess these things to the Lord and, and tell him. So just tell us a little bit about the journey of actually kind of coming up to recording the album and now having recorded it and where you're at now. Yeah. Um, so the journey of recording the album, I've been kind of thinking about a lament album for a long time. I knew it probably wouldn't be a bestseller. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, it's been something that I, I've wanted to do my whole life. And then I kind of put it on a shelf and thought, nah, you know, now's not the time. No, I'll never do it. No, forget it. You know, back and forth. Um, but I kept yeah. writing and writing and writing and, um, and songs would just come to me. And, um, finally, um, there's just been a lot of talk about lament lately in, you know, mm -hmm. uh, theological circles and, uh, in church, in the church, within the church. So I contacted my friend Andy um, and I said, would you be interested in producing this album? And he said, absolutely. Are you kidding? Let's do it. Cool. So um, 
we just plotted from there. Um, I sent him the list of songs that I thought would work well for an album. Um, I have a ton, and so it took me a little bit to kind of wade through it and, and, and get the appropriate ones, but um, sent them to him. Uh, he started working on it. Um, yeah, I just, it, it started that way. And, um, and I just got back, um, uh, not even a week ago from being in DC for two weeks recording 12 hour plus days. Um, oh, yeah. Intense. So an 11 track album. So, um, you know, I thought maybe that while I was recording, I would be kind of down in the dumps and, <laughs> you know, just going through all those songs again and, and revisiting yeah, yeah. it. But something that I, um, something that I had decided to do was I knew Andy, um, of course he's a, he's an incredibly creative guy and, um, and he's really good at thinking of, um, neat hooks and, and things like that on the guitar, um, and on the piano and, and everything um, on the spot. And I thought, mm -hmm. you know, wow. I think what we should do is we should just sit down with these songs and, and kind of just be creative, allow, yeah. allow God to, to, to just work within us and, and, um, and use that creativity um, and see what we get. Um, yeah. instead of it being, um, the songs that have always been kind of trapped in my head or, um, yeah. if I perform them ever just being me on the acoustic guitar, I wanted them to be something different. Um, yeah. and so the song 13 that you just heard is, is quite a bit different from what you're going to hear on the album. Um, cool. but I'm super excited about it. It's, um, it's, it's better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like I like that idea. I think Christian artists particularly are not very good at seeing like the studio almost as an instrument in itself. Yeah. I think we often play something live, go, right, I know how to play this now. I wanna I want a version that I can will basically be what I will now go and play live. And I think in the sort of more secular realm, people are much better at almost going into the studio, using the studio as a as a way of being creative and the stuff you can do in the studio that you could never do right. or you would not naturally do outside. And then maybe that affects how they play it live or maybe it doesn't. Maybe the studio version is just always going to be that version, but it's, it's something pretty fresh about that. I think. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Cause like it's going to be great. I was, I was a little concerned about that in a way, but I just went with it because uh, you know, these songs have been in my head for a long time, and I'm the kind of person that um, just has the full orchestration in my head when I'm writing it, uh -huh. and it yeah. sort of develops as the weeks go, and I've got, it's just stuck in my head, um, and I wanted to eliminate all that and have something fresh. And how are you financing it? I spotted on your Facebook that you're, like, selling soap, is that right? Uh <laughs> Yeah, so for the first portion of um, the funding, I was selling soap. I am a soap maker. Um, I've been making soap for <laughs> 15 or 16 years now. Um, and yeah, I make it the old-fashioned way um, with, uh, nice. with lye, water, and oils. Um, and the really cool thing about it is that Lament um, kind of has a connection with soap that I, you know, I've discovered. <laughs> it really does. Um, and so 
Uh, lye, sodium hydroxide, um, mm -hmm. there's also another form called potassium hydroxide. Uh, you can make soap with that too, kind of the same thing. Um, and it's made from potash. So, no way. Which is um, basically birch trees or um, ashes of, uh -huh. um, of trees. Or you can make soap probably from any kind of ash. But, um, yeah. So when you apply um, water to that and, um, and you make lye water out of the ash, um, then you apply oil to that and you mix it, you get soap. It turns into wow. a completely different substance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, turns into a cleansing agent. So, um, and if you think about sort of like the Old Testament sacrifices, um, the ash of the sacrifice, mm -hmm. the rainwater coming down on the mountain. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. think about that. Yeah, and yeah. so wow. there, it's, it's a really, I don't know, it's kind of like a scriptural thing for me, um, uh, making soap and using soap as a way to, um, to bring awareness uh, for the record and then, um, also to fund it. Um, and, uh, have you thought about having a bar of soap on the cover? Of the <laughs> I, um, I think you should be open to that. No, I think that <laughs> what I'm going to do actually is, um, I'm going to use soap as some of my rewards for the second half of the, of, mm. uh, the funding for the Kickstarter. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah. Really nice. Um, can I ask you a question we ask everybody this is my I didn't warn you about this um, this is Joel's idea uh, and he always asks people if there's one worship song or it could be any song actually but one song that you wish you'd written because you just love it and you just think ah oh, that song is so good and I just wish I'd been the one to write that which song would it be <laughs> um, off the top of my head uh, yeah. We Will Feast in the House of Zion by Sandra McCracken. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, Sandra McCracken's good stuff's great. Yeah. Okay. And why, why particularly that one? Um, I don't know. I, it, it, you can use it for the present. You know, it's, it's a really great song mm -hmm. for communion. Um, it also shows our future. Um, yeah. Yeah. With the Lord and it, it draws on community um it the table um represents unity um and i really care about church unity uh mm. i i care about um everyone getting along and um <laughs> and seeking to um be one body um and i i just see that uh this song is uh it's just a really great um, example of that. So awesome! Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's been great talking to you. <laughs> 
thanks to Sam and Rachel for that great interview. Rachel is actually running a Kickstarter for the album, and whilst we don't have details at the time of publishing this podcast, we will add it to the links on our podcast page as soon as we have it, in case you would like to support what she's doing. We're going to finish up this episode with a featured song, which is a rough mix, a rough preview mix of a track from Rachel's new album, and the track is called My Heart is Faint. Until next time, bye-bye. Mm-hmm.